Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, busier than ever. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. My guests on the Goodyear Hotline, they'll include Scott Pioli, longtime NFL general manager, uh, who will join me a little bit later here. And we will talk through, among other things, all of these quarterback machinations. That clearly is at the center of the football conversation. Six days and counting to the Super Bowl. And we'll do plenty of Super Bowl as we lead up to that. But the quarterback carousel is what everyone is interested in right now with the enormous trade of Stafford and Goff over the weekend. And that is just the first of what will, I think, be a variety of moves. If you're just joining me, I had Tua Tungavailoa on in the first hour. I actually felt sorry for him. Like, I had to ask him about hearing his name in trade talks, and he gave me exactly the right answer, which is, I'm working on controlling the things I can control and not worrying about the things I can't. And that's the only thing he can say, and frankly, it's the only thing he can do. But I feel a little bit sorry for the kid. He comes into the league, all the attention, he's trying to be healthy, he's trying to play, and all of a sudden, his name is in these trade talks. He has to know that his team is offering to trade many pieces, including him, for Deshaun Watson, but that's the business that they have all chosen. And this NFL offseason, as Shefty said on this show earlier here today, is going to be unlike anything we've ever seen. So let me start this to sort of play off that trade with a fascinating stat on just how good Matthew Stafford has been and just how good Jared Goff hasn't been. Now I want you to take in mind, I want you to just listen closely to these numbers. I know there are a lot of numbers, but they are fascinating because they tell a story. Over the last two seasons, Matthew Stafford's QBR, his quarterback rating, which takes into account everything a quarterback does to contribute to winning. His QBR is 70. That's very high. His team's winning percentage is basically 350. His team won half as many games as they should have based on his quarterback play. By contrast, Jared Goff's QBR is 11% lower than the percentage of games he's won under McVay. That is the largest gap of its kind going back over the last four years, even more so than Mitch Trubisky. So the point is, the Rams have won more often than you would expect a team to win based on their quarterback play, and the Lions have won about half as often as you'd expect them to based on their quarterback play. So that tells you a story. It's a fascinating stat brought to you by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. And the story it tells you is the Rams got better. And I have told you already, I believe the Rams right now are on as short a list as you want to make of the favorites to win the NFC and go to the Super Bowl next year. Meanwhile, green list. The list is what determines who matters in this business. Green List. Green List. Top five every single day as determined by me and exclusively me, the world's foremost authority on all matters. And today's list, the top five plays in Super Bowl history. The five biggest plays in the history of the Super Bowl. Number five. Number five is John Taylor from Joe Montana. 34 seconds remaining. Super Bowl 23. 49ers 20. Bengals 16. The Bengals had a three-point lead. The 49ers got the ball with 344 left in the game, deep in their own territory. Joe Montana pointed out the legendary actor John Candy in the stands to loosen up his teammates. Then he drove his team the length of the field. And on second and two from the 10-yard line with 34 seconds left, he hit John Taylor 
with what was Taylor's only catch of the game. Jerry Rice caught 11 balls for 215 yards in that game. Roger Craig had eight catches for 101. But it was John Taylor and his only catch of the game that is the fifth greatest play in Super Bowl history. Number four. Number four is also a catch, and it was made by Santonio Holmes, the game winner in the Super Bowl 12 years ago today. Steelers over Cardinals. And you know the story. The Steelers drove the length of the field on a day in which Santonio Holmes had nine catches for 131 yards. He made an unbelievable catch in the corner of the end zone with six seconds left to win the Super Bowl. And if you're wondering how exciting that call might have been in any language, here we go. Antonio Holmes a la derecha. Aquí a la izquierda está Heath Miller y Nate Washington. Le vuelve Mure cortando a Rothley Berger que está atrás para pasar. Rothley Berger con el paso, con tiempo. Rothley Berger, el pase completo. Touchdown! Touchdown! Touchdown, Pittsburgh! How about that? In any language, the call was unbelievable. The play is unbelievable. That is the fourth greatest play in Super Bowl history. Santonio Holmes with a catch for the ages 12 years ago today. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Number three. Number three is a defensive play. Mike Jones of the St. Louis Rams tackling Kevin Dyson at the one-yard line on the game's final play to preserve the Rams and the greatest show on turf winning the Super Bowl. Imagine that unbelievable offense wins Super Bowl 34 because of a defensive play. Dyson comes in motion. Now resettle. McNair drops. Throws right side for Dyson. He dives for the end zone. He didn't make it. He came up one yard short. The Rams win by a yard. That is the Titans radio network with the heartbroken call. Again, the tackle by Mike Jones of Kevin Dyson on the one yard line. To preserve the Super Bowl. How could that not be the number one play in Super Bowl history? Number two. Because there were two ahead of it, and number two is David Tyree. The David Tyree catch, which will live as long as the game of football is remembered. You all don't need me to tell you what happened. It was the legendary Super Bowl in which Eli and the Giants shot down the unbeaten Patriots. The only thing standing between that Patriots team and being the greatest football team ever. And David Tyree made a miracle catch where a ball basically stuck to his helmet. And a few plays later, Eli Manning throws the game-winning touchdown to Plaxico Burris. That play would be number one if it was a touchdown. Because it required more, because Burris still had to catch the touchdown to clinch it. A 13-yard score four plays later, the Tyree catch is number two. I'm looking around the room. Does everybody know what number one is going to be? I assume you know what number one is going to be. Number one. It is also the anniversary of this one. Six years ago today, Malcolm Butler. Lynch in the backfield. Russell looks, throws inside. Oh, my God. He's picked off at the goal line. It's picked off by God Butler. Intended for Lockett at the goal line. Oh, my word. With 20 seconds left. That is the 710 ESPN Seattle heartbroken call. Malcolm Butler intercepts Russell Wilson on the one-yard line. And that is the number one play in Super Bowl history because it literally determines the winner and the loser. If the play goes the other way, Seattle wins the championship. It goes this way and New England wins. By the way, I have the New England call, too. Russell Wilson extends the hands he has. Wilson, quick throw. And it's intercepted. He intercepted. 
Allen with a four-point lead over the Seahawks. It's got to be one of the dumbest calls offensively in Super Bowl history. Ah, no kidding. And that's the call there from 98.5, the Sports Hub. Scott Zolak speaking the truth. It's a call they still haven't gotten over in Seattle. And it is the greatest play in Super Bowl history. That is today's Green List with me, Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. My guests on the Goodyear Hotline coming up next. I will tell you who is the player flying up draft boards. As we get ready for the NFL draft and everyone's talking about the quarterbacks, one guy is skyrocketing. And I'll tell you who it is right after this on ESPN Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do big, small, and when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny rolling along with you on ESPN Radio on a snowy day in New York City. Hope wherever you are, you're safe, you're warm. I told Tannenbaum this morning, I'm not speaking to him. He's in Boca, 70 degrees. Just know that those of us here in the midst of this, even if you've done nothing wrong, even if I love you, there's a part of me today that hates you. If you're in Palm Beach right now, you're in Boca, you're down there, you're in Scottsdale, you're in LA, I don't care where you are. If right now it's nice where you are, Just know there's a part of me that hates you because this stinks. Um, Anyway, yeah, we got a blizzard. I mean, right now on ESPN Plus, they're showing you the view out our window, and that is equal zero. Right now, there's nothing. I can't, literally, you cannot see anything. The Brooklyn Bridge is about 40 feet away from us, and you cannot see it. So I would describe the visibility as limited, significantly limited. But we move it along. Anyway, delighted to be here and delighted you're along for the ride. Okay, if you were listening to this show, through the second half of the college football season, in particular as we got into the playoff, you know that I told you I love Mac Jones. Mac Jones, the quarterback of Alabama. I told you already, the most underrated physical attribute in any athlete is intelligence. The thread of commonality amongst all the great ones that I've ever covered in 30 years of sports is that they're all super smart. You don't get to be LeBron James or Michael Jordan or Patrick Mahomes or insert anyone you want. Unless you are super smart. You have to have a lot of other things too. Don't get me wrong. But that is a quality that sometimes I think we overlook or we undervalue. Mac Jones graduated from Alabama in two and a half years with a 4.0 GPA. He has a master's degree. He is super smart. He also, by the way, has the highest QBR in a college season of any quarterback in history. 
We've been keeping that stat since 2004. He had a higher QBR than anybody ever. The names below him on the list are Kyler Murray, Joe Burrow, Tua, Russell Wilson, Andrew Luck, and Baker Mayfield. So he had a better season this year than any of those quarterbacks ever did. That's how good he was this year. So I've been telling you for a while I love him. He began the season as someone who wasn't even going to be drafted in the first round. All of a sudden, his stock has clearly risen to the point that Mel in his first mock draft had him going 15. Then the Senior Bowl happened last week. You might not have paid much attention to that, but a lot of people went down to Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl. And that is particularly important this year because there's going to be no combine. Because of the pandemic, they're not all going to a combine. So this is going to be really the most up-close-and-personal look that all these evaluators get at these players. And so I noted with interest that last week on the 27th, one day last week, Lewis Riddick tweeted, Mac Jones could not have had a better day than he did today. Total command of every play he participated in and threw the ball with exceptional accuracy. You watch that kid throw the ball, he's got a laser for an arm, a cannon. The only thing he doesn't do is run around. And I just refuse to live in a world where that is a deal breaker for a quarterback. So then I was listening this weekend to the first draft podcast, which is Mel and McShay and Field Yates. And again, Mel, who had originally has Mac Jones going 15 to the Patriots to sort of be their next Tom Brady very interestingly said this. He's not going to be Brady. Nobody's ever going to be Brady. But when you talk about Mac Jones uh, and go back to what, what Tom did at Michigan, big game guy, Mac Jones, same thing. And you see him down there, the way he handles himself in practice. I mean, he was the lead guy. He was on it. You could see him. But boy, he got the play. He, he communicated the play. He's so smart, so into football. And uh, to just watch him throw the ball and, and look so com- comfortable and confident. Uh, boy, I'll tell you, I was impressed. Caroline and Matt Rule are seeing him every step of the way, and they're picking at eight. I haven't won 15. I'm not sure he gets the 15 now. That was Mel. And let me tell you, I stopped. I was on the elliptical listening to that on Saturday morning, and I stopped and I made a note to the staff. We need to bring that back because I'm telling you this kid is going to be the one who gets drafted high. Mac Jones is going to be drafted high. Eight to Carolina sounds right. There could be five quarterbacks off the board in the first 10 picks. There legitimately could be five quarterbacks off the board in the first 10 picks of this year's draft. Trevor Lawrence is going to go to number is going to go number one. And then in some order, and I'm not even here to tell you I know what the order is going to be because I don't. Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, and Trey Lance are all going to go. And what's going to happen is Wilson's going to go super early. I believe he's going to go number two. Then Jones is going to stun the world, and he's going to go much earlier than had been projected. By that time, maybe it won't even be so stunning. And then teams are going to freak out. And they're going to say, if we want a quarterback, we've got to move up and get Justin Fields right now, or we've got to move up and get Trey Lance right now. Because all this quarterback musical chairs game is going to get played throughout the NFL over the next few weeks. And a bunch of teams are going to be left without one. And they're going to be desperate to get these guys. And Mac Jones, as I've been telling you for six weeks, is going to be the riser in this draft. Zach Wilson from BYU and Mac Jones to go along with Trevor are the two guys who are skyrocketing up boards. Keep a close eye on Mac Jones. Coming up next, exactly how much is too much for Deshaun? We will ask a guy who knows. And why is that not playing? 
Okay, Bubba, was that just not on there? What do we got going here? We've got I, I moved on to the next segment. This question, the question is, I'm doing Super Bowl trivia here. The Super Bowl trivia question is as follows. It's simple. It's almost too easy. Who are the only teams to meet three times in the Super Bowl? There's only one matchup that has taken place in the Super Bowl three times. You could Google it in two seconds, but don't. Give it some thought. Come up with the answer. See if you get it right. I've got it next. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Brainstorm. What is something that works so well that it's basically magic? Air conditioning, noise-canceling headphones, meeting-free Fridays. What about selling with Shopify? (coughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're auctioning autographed apparel or selling sleek skis, Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to all other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash greenie, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash greenie now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash greenie. Greenie, the podcast. This is Greeny. I'm with you as always on ESPN Radio live from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. Today, that river deck is completely covered in snow. We got ourselves a blizzard working here, and we hope wherever you are, you are warm and safe and dry. In exactly 30 seconds, we will have Scott Pioli live on this program, three-time Super Bowl winner, five-time NFL Executive of the Year. That's in 30 seconds. I'll spend those 30 seconds telling you about Granger. For all the ones who get it done, Granger is always there to help. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, 24-7 support, free access to product specialists and experienced staff at over 250 local branches, plus their Keep Stock Inventory Management solutions help ensure you have the right stuff in the right place at exactly the right time. Call them at 1-800-GRANGER, click on Granger.com, or just stop on by. Super Bowl trivia question, what's the only Super Bowl matchup we've seen three times? That one's too easy. The answer, the Steelers and the Cowboys, Pittsburgh and Dallas. 
The only teams who have met in the Super Bowl a combined total of three times. Meanwhile, speaking of three Super Bowls, as promised, my next guest has won three during his career as the five-time NFL Executive of the Year, and he is now an NFL Network Analyst. It's my pleasure to welcome, for the first time to this program, Scott Pioli on the Goodyear Hotline. Good morning, Scott. Hey, Greeny, how the heck are you? I can't believe this is the first time. It's well, it crazy. Seems, it seems impossible to imagine that we've never had this conversation before, but here we are, and it's, it's a pleasure to have you. Um, and I know b- before I get to all the things I had planned, my producer told me that you heard what I was saying about Mac Jones and you wanted to chime in. So why don't we just start there? I don't know how much work you've been able to do so far on the quarterback prospects. I know a lot of guys like you will, you know, between now and the draft is when you start doing a lot of the works in the work in the evaluation. But I'm told you had a thought. What do you make of Mac Jones, the kid from Alabama? Yeah, Greeny, you know, um, with my relationship with Nick Saban, I've been able to spend some time actually in Tuscaloosa this year, made a couple of trips, spent some time privately with Mac and watched him play every snap this year, saw him play last year, uh, the little bit we saw last year, and got to know this guy. And I'll tell you what, he is everything that you were saying earlier and more. And in terms of um, – I'm a big believer in the makeup of quarterbacks and their leadership and just, you know, kind of – who they are and how they carry themselves and lead. This guy has all the tools and he also has the makeup. Um, I'm excited to see this kid grow, kid, this young man grow as he moves forward. He's a, a really, really impressive player and even more impressive person. Yeah, I, I love him. And, and the question, Scott, that's going to come up is he doesn't have the mobility. So my question to you is, have we now arrived at a place in the NFL where that is – I'm not going to say a deal breaker, but that is that significant in the evaluation. I mean, Tom Brady's in his 10th Super Bowl, and he can't run from here to there. I get that the game has changed, but do you hold his lack of running ability against him to the point that it knocks him down a draft board? Not at all. Not at all. And, Green, I'll tell you why, because we talk about Tom Brady, but we can talk about Ben Roethlisberger and some of those other quarterbacks that are different than the larger number of quarterbacks that are coming out now. If they have pocket presence, it's not just the ability to move quickly. It's about knowing when to move at the right moment in a split second and where to move. Sometimes the ability to just step up in the pocket, if you've got a certain style of offense, or to step to the right, to the left, and have, again, we talk about pocket presence, but it's this peripheral, it's a combination of peripheral vision and foot movement and knowing where the space is in order to deliver the ball quickly. And if you have a quick delivery, and a quick release, and you step to the right spot, it, you know, you could be a very good quarterback. And that has always been one of Brady's talents. Again, I was there when we drafted him, and he's always had that ability to know where and when to step to buy an extra second. Scott Pioli, again, won three Super Bowl rings during his career now, an excellent analyst for NFL Network. He's with me on the Goodyear Hotline, helping you discover the road ahead, Goodyear more driven. So so I, I, I don't know how much work you've had to do on this. You mentioned that you've got to be around Jones. Have you had a chance to look at Lawrence and um, the kid from BYU, Zach Wilson and Justin Fields? Have you had much of an opportunity to look at them yet? Lawrence and Fields, yes. Um, BYU quarterback, no, I haven't. Um, well, tell me about Lawrence. I, you, I mean, everyone keeps telling me he's once this, in a lifetime. Ian Book. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, L- 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 Lawrence is what people keep telling me he's once in a lifetime. Trevor Lawrence. Why is that? Why? Mm. Why is he vaulted ahead of pretty much? It feels like any prospect we've seen in the last decade. 
Well, Green, I'm not a big hyperbole guy, so I don't subscribe to the once-in-a-lifetime thing. Mm-hmm. And do I think he's a terrific prospect and a, and a very good quarterback um, and is going to be a very good quarterback? Absolutely. I don't get caught up in the greatest of all time or the best ever at any position or coming out of college. Once-in-a-lifetime, I don't – again, I just don't – That's I don't head down those paths. So I think he has the skills, the tools, the ability, and the mind and makeup 100%. And again, I, I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, because we, every year or every couple of years we have a once in a lifetimer and it's not necessarily the case. But I think he is also going to be a very, very good NFL quarterback. Right. But from what you've seen, is he the number? I mean, if you were doing it and again, I, I'm not holding you to this because the draft is four months away. But is he the clear cut number yeah. one pick, at least in this draft? Uh, number one pick? Yeah. yeah. Yes, I, I would believe so. Again, there, again, I don't know what. Urban's going to do down there with Justin Fields being uh, having come from a similar system. But in, in my opinion, I see Trevor Lawrence as the other guy. But I'll tell you what, if I'm later in that round or a little bit further down and I've got to live, I'm doing air quotes, got to live with Mac Jones, I could think I could live with Mac Jones as well. Oh, me too. And that's what I keep saying. Again, Scott Pioli is with me here. You can follow him on Twitter at Scott Pioli 51. Okay, let me get then to what I, I really wanted to ask you about here in the first place, and that is figuring out compensation. So Deshaun Watson's going to get traded. That, that, it feels to me that that is basically a fait accompli. Everyone inside on this tells me that he's just not going back there. So when the Texans come to the realization, if let's, let's put it this way, if they come to the realization they have no choice but to trade him, how do you figure out compensation? Like, I guess my question to you, Scott, is – how much is too much to give up for a 25-year-old superstar quarterback with impeccable character and a, a, a workable contract for the next five years? Yeah, I don't. You know, I, I want to back up first of all. I don't. I'm not certain he's going to get traded hey. again because if I'm Nick Casario and David Culley, I I think that there's a chance for this thing to be prepared. We, we've got to look at all these things here. I mean, the bottom line is. You know, it's funny, I heard you say earlier, this is the business we've chosen, one of my yeah. favorite Godfather Hyman Roth quotes. Mm-hmm. Hey, this is the business that Deshaun Watson has chosen. And Deshaun Watson also chose five months ago to sign a contract extension that made him the high, second highest paid quarterback and player in the National Football League history. He has an obligation. He can pound his fist or, or try to manipulate his way out, way out of that contract any way that he wants. But I also know this about Deshaun. He is an incredible human being. He's a kind person. He's a thoughtful person. He is a man full of grace. I'm believing and hoping that he's going to sit with Nick Casario and David Culley and get to know those two ge- two gentlemen who are uh, – I think he can live with those two gentlemen. Now, um, if it comes to the point where it has to be a trade, again, which I cannot see Nick or David doing that um, – Again, I just can't see a situation where you would be forced to do that um, because they have leverage as well and hopefully it doesn't become a leverage game. I don't know what the compensation is um, because, you know, we talk about the Stafford trade and the golf trade and all the picks. That's not comparing apples and apples. But I would bet it would probably be a minimum of three first rounders and something something else. Yet um, the team that does that is going to be a team that's looking – much like the Rams did, where they have to win now for whatever their reasons are. They feel they have to win now. It's going to be fascinating to watch. And I agree with you. I've been saying for a while here, 
I mean, the Texans ultimately do have some leverage in this situation because they can force Deshaun Watson to hold out, to not play, to quote-unquote retire. Um, I'm not 100% sure that that winds up being in their best interest long-term either. We'll see how it plays out. Again, Scott Pioli, NFL Network, which has more than 70 hours of live Super Week coverage throughout this week. Uh, Scott, it's a pleasure. Let's make sure we get a chance to do this again sometime. I know you need to run, but I appreciate the time here, and, uh, and I look forward to talking to you again. Thank you. Same here, Greeny. And we got to do this again because we have to talk about our good mutual friend, Steve Calhane, or <laughs> Cahillane, as you know him. We got lots to talk about. I knew you would get that in somewhere along the line. Scott and I discovered. <laughs> That's my boy. I grew up with him. I had to. After the fact that you went to kindergarten with an old fraternity brother of mine who was, who was a dear friend and all of that, which I had no idea. You're booked for the show, and the next yeah. thing I know, I find these. So you'll have to give me some dirt on him next time we talk. I got plenty. Okay. But what happens in Washington stays in Washington, Greeny. <laughs> you, you got it. Thank you very much, Scott. Scott Pioli, pleasure to talk with you again now at the NFL Network, but won three rings during his career, was five-time executive of the year. And, and that really does become, to me, the interesting question. I believe, and, and I, I base this exclusively on all of my insiders telling me this, Shefty said it in no uncertain terms today, Orlovsky has been saying it today and said it for the last couple of weeks. Deshaun Watson has dug in. I mean, it couldn't be more 2021. He has taken the Texans off of his social media. The Texans are acting like it's 1981. The player, they actually called him the player. Nick Cazera used the term the player. We don't have to trade the player. They're acting like it's 1981. Deshaun Watson is acting like it's 2021. He unfollowed them. (laughs) That's, That's what people do today. So I don't believe Deshaun Watson is ever going to play for the Texans again. And Mike Tannenbaum told me this morning on TV from his experience as a GM that if you're going to trade him, the best bet, the the time that you maximize what you get back is the sooner the better. The sooner you make that trade, the more you get. And it just stands to reason. More demand. Before any other team starts making their decisions. You've already lost the Rams in this conversation. The Rams might have been a team that would have given you everything in the world for Deshaun Watson. Well, now they're out of it because they made their move. So other teams are only going to wait so long before they have to make theirs. And, you know, I can compare anything in life to a rom-com. And so I will once again quote one of the greatest movies ever made, When Harry Met Sally. And there's a line in that movie that I love when Billy Crystal says of Meg Ryan, when you decide who the person is that you want to spend the rest of your life with, you want the rest of your life to begin as soon as possible. And in sort of a twisted way, that's where the Texans are. The rest of their life is going to be without Deshaun Watson. That's just what's going to happen here. A deep dive and exploration must be done into why. Because Deshaun Watson comes along like once every quarter of a century. It's a miracle that has befallen you as a franchise in Houston. And that you managed to blow it this badly to where a person with his temperament who was one of the genuinely great guys in the entire sport, has become so disenchanted and disgusted that he will not play for you no matter what. Well, now you have a major organizational problem. That's a different discussion. Cal McNair, Jack Easterby, whatever it is that's going on behind the scenes there. I don't have information as to what that is, but clearly it exists. But the point is, once you come to the conclusion that the rest of your life is not going to include Deshaun Watson, then your best course of action is for the rest of your life to begin as quickly as possible. Keep as many people in this bidding as you possibly can and maximize the reward. 
You can remake your franchise. A generation ago, two generations, I guess it is, Jimmy Johnson traded Herschel Walker to the Minnesota Vikings, and the Dallas Cowboys won three Super Bowls as a result of that trade. You should get more than that for Deshaun. Though we're talking three first-round picks and, and, and multiple good players, you can take a terrible team. You were 4-12 and 12 with them. You can make a terrible team good like that. So I think they need to trade him. And the question, if you're one like me, I'm in the Jets fan base. If you're in the Jets fan base, the Bears fan base, um, even good teams, the 49ers, teams like how much is too much? That's the question. What is too much to give up? That's really the question these GMs, this is where the GMs make their money. There is a great game of musical chairs being played right now. And all these teams, it's not just the players who run the risk of being left without a seat to sit in. It's the teams as well. All these fan bases are all excited about the possibility of a new look at quarterback. 18 guys are going to change places, is what Shefty is estimating. The first big shoe has fallen. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance, small business protection for more than vehicles with insurance expertise to keep your company moving forward. More at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Meanwhile, if you're just joining me, I really enjoyed... Today's green list, and I just wanted to go over it for you again quickly. We did it at the top of this hour, but in case you missed it, it was a good list. And I'll just run through them quickly because I want you to be able to think about it. What are the top five plays in the history of the Super Bowl? Will we get any plays this year that make that list? My top plays number five was John Taylor's game-winning touchdown catch for the 49ers to beat the Bengals. 34 seconds left in Super Bowl 23. Number four, Santonio Holmes unbelievable catch in the corner of the end zone. In fact, of all the plays on this list, I guess that one and the Tyree one are the most spectacular individual plays. I mean, Taylor just caught a pass. It was incredibly monumental. Santonio Holmes makes an unbelievable catch in the corner of the end zone. Both toes down. Great throw from Ben. Wins the Super Bowl with six seconds left. That's number four. Number three, Mike Jones of the Rams. A tackle on the one-yard line of Kevin Dyson to preserve the Super Bowl. That could have been number one. But as I will continue to point out, and that was the first Super Bowl I covered for ESPN, a touchdown there only would have tied it. So that game would have gone to overtime. I don't assume the Titans would have gone for the two. So it's 23-16, which winds up being the final score. If Dyson scores, if he gets one more yard, they're going to tie it. It's going to go to overtime. I don't know who's going to win. That preserved a win, but it didn't necessarily avert a loss which is why the number one play was better. So Mike Jones' tackle is number three. David Tyree's catch is number two. You don't need me to tell you what it is, the helmet grab. But then number one is Malcolm Butler's interception for exactly the reason I just told you. Malcolm Butler picking off Russell Wilson in the end zone. If, if he doesn't make that play, the Seahawks are going to win. If he just knocks that ball down, God help us, they're going to give the ball to beast mode and he's going to run it in from the one-yard line. I really hope they would have. Marshawn Lynch should have had a chance to win that game. So to me, that's the number one play. And the call, the Seattle call of that play, it still hurts to listen to. Lynch in the backfield. Russell looks, throws inside. Oh, my God, it's picked (laughs) off at the goal line. It's picked off by God Butler. Intended for Lockett at the goal line. Oh, my word, with 20 seconds left. At 710 ESPN in Seattle. And, and look, what can I say? It's a good call, and it, and it summarizes the, the, the pain of the experience because that's exactly what it was. So that was today's green list. We'll do a Super Bowl-related green lists all week long, getting you set for the big game this weekend. Meanwhile, let's finish it up today right where we began. 
because we're on this quarterback carousel that everyone is watching. And the first move has been made, and it's a huge one. Huge. Matthew Stafford, Jared Goff. Stafford goes to L.A. All the pressure in the world now on him and on them. Goff comes to Detroit, plus two first-rounders and a third-rounder. So basically, the Rams paid the Lions those draft picks to take Goff's contract off their hands 16 months after Goff signed the richest contract in NFL history. What the hell happened? Like, Sean McVay made his mark. He became the genius, not because he took a team to the Super Bowl. Sean McVay became a genius because he took Jared Goff, who looked lost his rookie year, and transformed him into a quarterback you could win with, and who, in fact, took them to the Super Bowl. And McVay was rewarded with, again, a reputation that Everybody, the entire league was looking for the next Sean McVay. And Goff was rewarded with the biggest contract at the time in NFL history. 16 months later, how can it be over? That's remarkably fast. 16 months after signing the richest contract of all time, Jared Goff is a Detroit Lion. And life comes after you really quickly. So we need to do a deep dive into just why this went so wrong and how much of the blame for that does belong with the coach. One way or another, he gets a chance at total redemption by bringing in Matt Stafford. And the questions about Stafford throughout his career have always been, is he great and just being held down by what is probably the worst franchise in the sport? Or is he not great enough to lift everyone around him? I have always believed it was the former. I have always believed he's great and that no one could have done more with the nonsense he's been surrounded by than he has. And I have great respect for him. I told you a million times. That guy went out there this past year, week 17, last game he ever played as a Lion, as it turns out, with three different injuries that put him on the injury report. And he played a meaningless game the last weekend of the season right to the finish. Why? Because he's a football player, and that's what football players do. The same weekend that Carson Wentz was a healthy scratch, he was scratched with hurt feelings. That's why he didn't play the last weekend of the season. Matthew Stafford was out there playing for his team. I love that. I love Stafford. And I think he's going to be great in L.A. I told you. I'm first guessing it. I told you early. In fact, what can we tell you about my, my genius? You want to do genius or KOD? Go either way you want. Hashtag KOD. Hashtag KOD. I got the, the Rams. The kiss of death. I got Come on. The, let's go. I know. I talked over it again. Sorry, Bubba. Um, I can never get used to that. Well, you put that, you put, a, you put like a tail end on that. It sounds like it's ending. Hashtag KOD. It sounds like it's over. The kiss of death. You put a little kiss effect on it. I, yeah. I don't know what. Oh, I yeah. mean, what are you doing? Was that you, by the way? Did you do that kiss? I wouldn't worry about who that is. <laughs> but anyway, I do tend to talk over that a lot, but that's neither here nor there. My first guess Bubba, give me your reaction to this. My disheveled board operator, Brendan Bubba Peregrine. My first guess, I've got the Rams to win the NFC next year and play Kansas City in the Super Bowl. You like it or don't? I'll answer the question. My goodness. I mean, how I could drive a truck through your pauses, Bubba. We're doing, you realize that we are on automated stations that are going to automatically click to commercials with, with lengthy the dead air right, of right. this magnitude. So you t- yes or no, Rams to win the NFC next year. 
You don't have the Cowboys? I don't have the Cowboys. No, oh, I do man, not. That's a bad pick. Got to figure out who their quarterback is going to be yeah, in Dallas, Dak. first of all. Next question. I don't think it's going to be Dak. And I'll tell you this, too, that you've got Aaron Donald, who's the best defensive player in football. You have Jalen Ramsey, who was a premium player at a premium position. You have an excellent offensive line. You have two good running backs, two good tight ends, two good wide receivers. And now you have an elite quarterback. I believe he's elite. And that's what it comes down to. Yeah, I'm taking the Cowboys, thanks. So Tannenbaum told us this morning that it is risky. And of course it's risky. Going eight consecutive seasons, which they are currently scheduled to do without a first-round pick, is it's got to be unprecedented. I can't imagine that's ever happened before. But they've pushed their chips to the middle of the table. I like it. They've basically said, our window is this minute. We're going to win a championship this minute with Matthew Stafford. I love it. And I think they will have a, they have a really good chance to do it. Stafford is a significant upgrade, and they weren't that far away as it was. All right, our Super Week fun continues tomorrow. Thanks for being along for the ride. I'll see you on Get Up and back here on ESPN Radio.